Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. That is going to be tough because I have voice a little bit here. I'm shouting too much, but that's good. It's good with God. Amen. Um, so I'm very happy to be up here and very excited to be a part of this church with the prayer warriors of last night. And as I was leaving, I was prayed for, and I appreciate your guys' prayers so much. And um, the brother didn't even know what was going on. And just the fact that, you know, he could have made the excuse that I was leaving and he didn't want to pray for me or anything, and he prayed for me, and I, I greatly appreciate that. And just the powerful prayers that went forth from this church last night. Absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible on what is happening through that. And it's also cool to think that during this last days that God has chosen us. If we are truly in the last days, God's chosen us. And if anything, we're in a very trying time. I think we can all admit that. And God's picked us for this time to be the people that can stand and be that rock yes. and in this city for such a time as this. So I thank God for giving us that. I know that might seem intimidating to some, but um, God's chosen us. So let that be an encouragement to you as well. So a quick intermission before I get into this. Um, we are hosting a financial peace class. Um, you can see Brother Carlos or myself about it. Um, if you're maybe struggling with finances or um, it's been a tough year or you feel like your finances are taking control of you instead of you telling your money where to go, um, this might be a good course for you. Um, it goes through everything from budgeting to um, maybe setting up a kid's college fund um, to anything like that. It does cost some money, but you get your materials and stuff in return for that. So if you want further information on that, it's going to be starting uh, on the 23rd this Saturday. So see Brother Carlos or myself as well. So I don't want to delay us too much. I want to get into this and then allow uh, Brother Mike a chance as well to come up here and talk. Uh, we're going to go to Proverbs 14 and 34, if we could, please. Thank you, Jesus. Proverbs 14 and 34. This scripture could definitely be chiseled on the tombstones of many civilizations. It says, for righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is the reproach to any people. And we can think of a built nation on the gross national production or defend it with armaments, but God says that countries are built on the character of their people. Righteousness must be in the hearts of the people, and it can be conveyed, or it cannot be conveyed through the legislation in which brought forth. It's conveyed by the, the, the foundation and the backbone of the church and that fire. And I know this year, it might have seen, last year may have seen like it was a, a disconnect for some, like it was a, a distance for some. And, and we were out there. And even before this, we still, after church, we'd go out into our own workplaces and we'd go out and we'd be separated on Monday. So come tomorrow, we're all going to go out to our own places. And there is an absolute fire that has to come upon us. And by the spirit, that connection has to be made for our brothers and our sisters. And that's why I brought it up last night, is I appreciate that so much. And then jumping into another scripture transition gears just a little bit. 1 Kings 18. 1 Kings 18 and 22. And I'm going to go through 25. Then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 450 men. And 23 says, Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose the bullock for themselves, and cut it into pieces, and lay it on wood and put no fire under it and I will dress the other bullock and lay it on the wood and put no fire under it and call ye the name of the or name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord and the God that answereth by fire let him be God and all the people answered and said it is well spoken and I know I'm going to leave it right there for just a second okay um, 
So there are some things that are going to happen, and absolutely in this time, it's uh, very timely for things to be happening, and we have that calling and that, that deep thing that needs to come upon us, and there are a few things I'm just going to give to you very simply, and part of that is standing alone. Dear God, help me stand out, even if it means standing alone. To stand alone means to remain stable, upright, or intact, and many people in history in the Bible have stood alone for what is believed what was right. And it's easy to say it's not the greatest thing or other places in other city or other um, places in this city are doing things differently and, and we can touch on that and, and it can look so good and glamorous and look like it's the right thing to do instead of standing out and knowing that there are certain things that God has wanted us to do. People like Noah or Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego or Elijah, like I just spoke about. Those are some, some characters I think yes. we can all instantly relate with yes. about this. Um, a worldly figure, Christopher Columbus, um, you have a theory that boldly contradicts something that everyone believes is true. You believe that you can reach the east by sailing west, and you believe your theory is correct, but if proven to be wrong, it could humiliate you, it could financially ruin you, and it could even bring you death because, you know, you sail over the edge of the earth as they believe. So we may have to stand alone when our friends, our family, our peers, and coworkers aren't. We might have to put our reputation on the line. If you want a church revival and, that, um, and, and they take those steps to get out there and show, you have to show God and show that you are willing. And are you willing to stand alone? In fact, I dare you to stand alone. Because when you do that, that's when God speaks the loudest to you. When you actually will make that sacrifice and go forth, that's when it will genuinely happen. So that brings up my second point is that sacrifice. Sacrifice is to forfeit one thing for another thing considered to be of greater value. In Matthew 10 and 39, I'll just read it really, really quick. He that uh, findeth his life shall lose it, and he that loses his life shall find it. I love that scripture. It's very, very true. And I think so much so with everything going on and there's threats of things being taken away and whatever it may be. I'm not going to get into all of that. But if you lose your life and those distractions, they're ultimately probably just distractions anyways. If you think about the social media and whatever else, they're probably just distractions anyways. So you have to make sure that you're finding God and there's going to be a time where we're finding that. It's either you're going to grow and arise or these things are going to start to trickle. So if you see that in a brother, you see that in a sister, reach to them, pour out to them. And just as that happened to me, just pour out to them and help them in those situations. And that's the first step to helping someone is identifying that thing. So God made the ultimate sacrifice for us and he gave his life so that we could have a chance to please him. Are we as kingdom people willing to sacrifice something in our lives or willing to give up more time? Elijah made the sacrifice knowing that God would show up and not disappoint him at all. He stepped out when all those men would ultimately um, be eliminated. But it's also something that he stood out and he was he, the one guy, a man of prayer. And I, I can't remember, I used to know this, but um, how many words he prayed. He was a man of prayer. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. How many? I'm sorry. 63, yep, so 63 words, and oftentimes we will pray, and we pray just a simple 10-word prayer. But a man of prayer has to pray 63 words to get through. That's absolutely incredible, absolutely incredible. And whatever it may be, the amount, it's way significant more than sometimes that we think as well. So we have to take that into consideration. So before the fire can come, we need to stand alone and bring our sacrifice to the altar and then let God and the rest... Um, do the rest and take those things, just as in that story talks about. So the third point is that consuming fire God sends to us. So 1 Kings 18 and 38, jumping down a little bit, I said I'd continue that. 
The fire should represent the Holy Ghost that is absolutely burning in every single one of our lives. In Acts 2 and 3 it says, And there appeared unto them cloven tongues, like as of fire, as it sat upon them. How do we as a church consume that eternal fire for our lives? And we have the tools of that fire and that, that, that fire to be ignited, to have an eternal flame to be built inside of us. Matthew 3 and 11 says, He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And you guys, identifying that need in a brother or a sister's life comes through that spirit. Um, that brother had no idea what was going on and a decision I had to make. And he prayed because he was, and I didn't ask him, but I assume he was led in the spirit. And that's something that when you're out at your workplace and somebody's laid upon your heart, that spirit needs to be in check. And you need to pray with that spirit because as we go out by ourselves to stand alone, that spiritual aspect will reach to many people. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices of saying you're not worth it, you're not enough, you're not going to make it, these times are too hard, you weren't called for a time as this, God put us here for such a time as this, he absolutely did, and that's something that God's been laying on me, is that he entrusted us, he entrusted you guys for this time. So some lessons can come easy in life, and others require painful repetition, as I learned many times. Saul experienced the latter the day Samuel tore his robe and forfeited his distraction. Samuel's words were to obey is better than sacrifice. Would go on to echo through the scriptures in 1 Samuel uh, 15 and 22. Samuel wrote, but be ye doers of the word and not haters or hearers only. James 1 and 22 says, John joined, uh, John joined them with um, the uh, admonishment, let us not love in the world, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And, then, and that's 1 John. Again, uh, with his last words, John closed the final chapter of the Bible by declaring, blessed are they that do his commandments and, they that have, um, and that they may have the right tree of life and may enter through the gates of the city. And that's in Revelations, obviously. So God never has been impressed by the brilliant thoughts or noble plans. God desires obedience and that trustworthiness. In the first century, faith alone did not evangelize the known world. Instead, it was a group of obedient followers who worked along a gracious Savior that ultimately changed the course of humanity and history. And I guarantee we're living in a very historic time. Many have said 2020 is a historic time, and we have the ability to change that. And I know there is no other word that I would trust or add to, and I'm not trying to, but imagine if a Bible was being written about us um, this year or if throughout our lives. What would we be known for? What would you be? Who would you be? What character would you be? Who would you exemplify or, or, or show? Um, so it's just something that you guys have to think about and allowing God to, to, uh, to uh, reach out to you. And ultimately, you guys can have that trust and standing alone, and you should not be fearful because... I have felt alone sometimes in my workplace or wherever I may go and just knowing that there's that spirit behind it. There's someone praying for me in this church. There's that godly presence that we can come to and worship God in that spirit and in that truth. So I thank God ultimately for that. And I know I was very brief tonight, but I also want to give Brother Mike a chance to come up here. So let's just thank God for what he's done in that oh, this church he's given to us. Let's and receive this word thank right now. Jesus. What a beautiful presentation. Come on, God's got something in these words for each and every one of us.
He's never left me or forsaken me. I'm glad that we can have confidence in his word. I know I probably say this every time I get up here. When pastor asked me to do this again, I, I have no confidence in myself. So um, hopefully God's word can speak through me tonight here. Um, you know, I've been nervous all day, every time I get up here. And then there had to be like a record crowd for 2021 <laughs> here tonight. So um, the Lord is so good. Thank you for that awesome message, brother. Um, I appreciate Brother Jake, and I appreciate all of our leaders here in this place. Um, and I'm sorry that I'm going to bring kind of a downer here. You know, we kind of thought we were over talking about this. This is probably kind of late. But I'm going to talk a little bit about masks tonight. <laughs> and Pastor, I'm going to also talk about you a little bit, too. I know that you don't like that, but I'm just going to warn everybody right now. <laughs> but... Um, Pastor talked about it this morning, and it's just awesome how God works. Um, talking about pride, um, just something that's really been affecting me a, a ton lately. And obviously, we've all got it. Um, it's it's part of us. It's something that God has to light up in our life to expose it, to expose where it's coming. And I've always loved that. I have that pamphlet, and I bring it into the jail to show some of them guys. Um, some of them ways that pride can manifest itself, and you don't even recognize. Um, Pastor didn't really read through them today, but take that home and read all the ways, and you'll, you'll realize that you've got it somewhere, and that you've got to get rid of it. But um, I heard a quote when I went down to NAYC last year, and it's always stuck with me, and I've loved it. And uh, um, whenever I start to get a little bit contentious about leadership or decisions that are being made, and things that are going on that I don't agree with. I always go to the quote that Brother Bernard said there in the class that he gave. And it says, submission starts where agreement ends. You're, if you're going along and you're agreeing with what's going on. And, you know, that's, that's what you want to do. And this is the way that you want things to work and, you know, church is going awesome and, you know, like we're, we're dancing and praising and everything's just going normal and happy and good. That's, that's really not submission, I guess. It's submission comes when agreement ends. And that's where it's going to lead me into talking about leadership and kind of what the Bible says and what God's going to hold us accountable for. And what God is going to hold our leadership accountable for. Um, obviously, we all know it's not, it's, it's an elephant in the room. You know, there's some people that agree with masks. There's some people that don't agree with masks. All these things have been bombarding us all year. And even, and, and, and just causing some, some contention, let's say, that maybe needs to even be talked about sometimes. So that's why I thought maybe I'd bring it up here in this place tonight. Um, and my ideas of it, and I'll be just a little bit transparent. You know, um, I've changed my mind sort of over it, and I will, and I will give you the scripture. Lord, I pray that you just gather my thoughts right now, Lord God. I know that you gave me a message, and I pray that you just give it the way that you would want to give it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. Let's go to um, Hebrews thirteen seven. I believe it is. Just read it off of there. 
and I'm going to stay in Hebrews chapter 13. It talks three times in there. It talks about um, obeying our, our leaders. 13.7, remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken to you the word of God, whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. And I just want to look at this word rule here. Um, I studied it a little bit. It says the middle voice of a presumed strength. And, and I don't know exactly what that means, but it's, you know, it's, it's a, a leading and a guidance. Someone that strengthens us, someone that helps us to make right decisions and at the end of that, it says, considering the end of their conversation. So if I'm going to pick someone to follow, if I'm going to pick someone to follow um, what they are telling me to do or what they are leading me to do, then I'm going to look at their lifestyle and I'm going to look at the way that they live. And one thing that pastor has always shown me is that he is going to pray about the decisions that are made in this church. He is a man of prayer. He's going to search the word for the answers. In fact, I've came to him um, many times with questions, and he doesn't come directly with an answer. And a lot of times, he doesn't even really give me a straightforward, this is the way that you need to make that decision answer. It's usually, let's seek what the Lord has. Let's find a way that we can find out what God wants us to do. And that's where I... Um, I love our pastor for doing that. Amen. And um, can I get a drink real quick? Thank you. Thank you, Jesus, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to read what it says here in the King James Study Bible. It says, three times in this chapter, those who rule. The word translated have the rule relates to leading or guiding not primarily in the sense of commanding, but leading by example. Such individuals have not merely told others what to do, but have patterned the very lifestyle and conduct that should be common to all that walk in faith. Let's go to Hebrews 13, 17. Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is the unprofitable that is unprofitable for you pray for us for we trust we have good conscience in all things willing to live honestly and so there's this pandemic and there's the the mask thing and there's you know um what we are to do in this church and and the rules to follow to have church and, um, you know, whether we agree with it or not, but I'm just glad that I didn't have to make that decision with all the different point of views that come into these places, with all the different point of views in the world, including not just our ministry, but in the, the government. Um, there's, a, there's a scripture back in, oh, now I forget. Lord Jesus, I pray that you be with me. Lord God, Numbers 1110, I believe it is. Just ask yourself if you want to be this guy, if you want to be the one that makes these decisions. And it's about Moses. And he heard the people weep through their families, every man in the door of his tent, 
And the anger of the Lord was kindled greatly. Moses also was displeased. And Moses said unto the Lord, Wherefore hast thou afflicted thy servant? And wherefore have I not found favor in thy sight, that thou layest the burden of all these people upon me? Just ask yourself in this place right now, raise your hand if you want that burden. Moses didn't want that burden, and that's why God gave him that burden, because he was humble enough to accept that burden. You know, sometimes I don't believe, and that's probably why pastor is made a leader. He is, he is the one that's going to be held accountable when he has to meet God someday for all the decisions that have to be made in this place. He's the one that's accountable to that. So what is our accountability to God? Submit yourselves to the elder. You younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed in humility. We are going to be held accountable for, for submitting to our leaders. Kind of off track in, in some of the things that I wanted to go here, but I just wanted to back up some of the decisions that we made. Obviously, uh, some of the, you know, I was against it at first, and I still hate them. I hate masks. I don't like them. You know, and we all got our opinions whether they work or not, and that's not even the important thing. I didn't like it, but eventually God started telling me some things, and he started showing me not only just in this church, but government. You know, right now, it's a mandate. We're supposed to wear it in public buildings. We're supposed to be doing it in this church. We're supposed to be six feet apart. We're supposed to be doing certain things. And for a while, I was like, I'm going to do it in here. But I'm not going to do it there. Let's go to Romans 18. One. One through two. Let's let God's word speak. I'm a little nervous tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. You're so good to us. Romans 13, one and two. <laughs> you, Jesus. you are awesome, Lord God. Yes, Lord Jesus. Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power of God. The powers that be ordained of God... Whosoever there resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive themselves damnation. Um, the opposite of submission is defiance. And that's one thing that I don't want to be when I go out there. Um, if the sign says on the door that masks are required... Most of the time, most of the people aren't doing there. If I go in there and I don't pay attention to that, I'm being defiant. And what's the word? Um, it's the other word you talked about this morning with, with pride. It's uh, um, Anyway, forgot it. <laughs> Lord Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Um, so anyway, I just, just to give testimony here. Um, we've had people come to this church, and we've had them disagree with this, and we've had them say that they're not coming back. We've had that. I've seen it. 
I've experienced it and I get frustrated. It's like, they don't know, Lord. We, they don't really understand. You know, we need them to come in here. We need to make them feel more comfortable. And we've had to where I'm not coming back if I have to do that. Well, that's a defiant spirit. You know, that's something that they need to take care of. And um, Lord Jesus, something happened to me today when I left. I've been putting on my mask when I go into buildings, when I go into businesses. And um, I put on my mask. I went into this tool store, and I ran into a guy that William has been witnessing to. And my attitude about this whole thing is like, I put on the mask. I can't talk to people. It's like blocking me from having a conversation. Most of the time, I feel like if they're not wearing a mask, they're judging me for wearing a mask. And it's like, it's this thing that's going on. I'm sure you've all experienced this thing that's going on. And so I've always been just like a struggle with it. I even had a conversation with my brother. It's like, man, it's so hard like that to just to to talk to people about the Lord or, or to go lay hands on people. You don't know whether you can or you can't or whatever. But I went into this store today and William had been talking to this guy already and he was an old friend of mine and I was wearing a mask. And we started talking and he was wearing a mask. And he was like, and William had invited him to church a while back ago and he was gonna come and then everybody ended up getting the virus and so that kind of pushed him away. Well, he said, man, he looked at me and then a mask attracted, it to, attracted him to me. And he was like, he's like, yeah, most of the people, they don't care. But he was like, I see that you're doing that. And I said, yeah, I'm just trying to be obedient to what the sign says right there, you know? Because I told him, because he, he said, well, haven't you already had it? And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm just trying to follow what the rules say. And he's like, that's awesome, man. He, he thought it was really awesome. And I was like, yeah, man, come to our, <laughs> I said, our church is, Safest one now, safest one around now. Everybody's had it, and, 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 and now they don't. And I said, and we, we still follow the rules. We still follow, you know, we wear the masks. We, we, we sit apart. We're, we try to respect people that do that kind of thing. And he was just like, he thought that was awesome. And I actually got a message from the guy. He just said, thanks for the offer, Mike. I will make it one of these times, but just gonna, he's gonna finish up painting the bedroom and hang, up, hang, hang out with Danny. And don't get discouraged if I say not, keep inviting me and I will make it. He will come. We can sit here, the thing that has been awesome too that's been happening um, is we've been reading this book and it's about Lot and Abraham and Lot not really respecting his, Abraham's authority and, and pitching his tent towards Sodom eventually. You know, he had a choice and he, he started looking towards these other things that, that looked more appealing and he, and he pitched his tent towards them. And I, I'll just be real honest with you. This whole year, thoughts have came up, you know, like just discouragement, um, rebellion. Rebellion is the word I was thinking. 
The word rebellion is witchcraft. And it's been coming up in my life a ton lately with all this stuff. That's exactly what Satan wants to do, though. He wants me to rebel. He wants me to get involved in witchcraft. And the other night I was woke up. I'm sorry, I'm all over the place here. I've been struggling. Watching, you know, service on TV and there's worship. Let's be real honest with you. And I'm watching this worship team, not from here or anything. And I'm watching them dance and praise and sing and all these things. And I just start judging them. And I'm judging them and I'm like, and I'm judging the whole Pentecostal movement. And I'm struggling with it. And I'm like, where is this stupid feeling coming from? You know, like, the devil's trying to get in here and make contention, and it's over a pathetic thing like masks. But I know, I don't know. I know that you've all felt it this year. But look at this place right now. Look at all the people that have stand firm on where the truth is being said. You know, I've, I've came to rebellious thoughts, but a long time ago in my life, I said, I'm not, I've seen people leave this church and I've seen some strong people that were being worked up in the leadership. They were starting to be raised up by pastor and I've seen them leave because of a disagreement, because of rebellion, because of witchcraft. I've seen them walk away. And I told myself, and this was before I had walked away, not because I was in disagreement with the church, but I walked away, you know, not living for God. But I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to stay, I'm going to stand firm. It's, if I go to another church, what, I'm going to be coming in disagreement with them too. And so I always told myself I wasn't going to do that. But yet these thoughts, they try to come in and they're like, and we set, we set our tents towards these other things that are going on, these other churches. There isn't probably another church in this town that's obeying Romans um, 13, 8. Or 13, 1 and 2. They're, they're in defiance with what the government's trying to tell us. He's not telling us that we can't have church. He's not telling us that we um, can't worship God. He's just telling us no one really knows what's going on. We're just trying to be safe. We're trying to not let people die. We're trying not to be sick. We're trying to, you know, to help people. That's what they're trying to do. Do you want that position? Do you want that to make that decision? But we can set our tents towards that and say, oh, let's go to that church. They don't have to do that. They're, they get to worship freely. They get to lay hands on people or whatever. And, and guess what? We can too. Just put on a mask. What's the big deal? We've been doing it. We had a men's meeting here the other night. Men lined up with masks, all of us. Man, it was one of the most powerful things, that I, one of the most powerful prayer meetings ever. And we had masks on the whole time. Yet this spirit of rebellion tries to come in to my life. And the other night, I dropped to my knees when I was judging. And I was wondering what is wrong with me. And the other night, God got me out of bed. I laid there. Just been struggling. I've been just, I've just been in commitment mode. I'm committed. 
I'm going to come back and I'm going to wait till the Lord helps me to overcome all these things that are going on in my life. I'm just in commitment mode. I'm here. I'm committed. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stay steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. Where am I going to go? To a church that teaches false doctrine? Just because they don't have to wear masks? No, this is the place. It says in Romans 2, it says, um, obey the form of doctrine that has delivered you from sin. Right here. Five years ago, I got on my knees. Totally messed up on drugs. And a, and a, a man of God laid his hands on me and I've never touched drugs again in my life. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? This is the form of doctrine that has set me free. This is where I've been set free. No matter what, I'm going to stay steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and of breaking of bread and of prayers. I'm not going to leave to go to a false doctrine church. I'm going to stay where the truth is being told, where prayer is happening, no matter what's going on. And there is going to be a breakthrough. And I am so happy and excited that I get to be a part of it. Yes, because I am in a church where there's a lot of people right here, right now. You guys have struggled with the same things, but you're here, you're wearing the mask, whether you believe in it or not, and you are following what your pastor says. Because you know that this man of God prays. He has given his life to this church. He has given his life to God. He has given his life to all of our souls. Where am I going to go? Where am I going to go? Lord Jesus, I thank you, God. I thank you so much, Lord God. No kingdom divided against itself shall stand. Let me get back to where I was the other night in my bed. I woke up. Two in the morning. You guys have probably been there. I know a lot of you are prayer warriors. God tells you to get up and pray. And I woke up. I was like, Lord, I don't want to do it. This is where I've been. I've been discommitted. I haven't had any breakthroughs. Lord, I just want to get back to sleep. Let me get back to sleep. I tried. Couldn't do it. I haven't, in this whole year, I've been, I don't know if I've actually woke up when the Lord was telling me, no, I'm back to bed. I want to deal with it. I'll get up and I'll pray in the morning. I'll do my thing. I'll go to church. But I, I said, okay. I rolled out of bed. I was tired. I started praying. Started praying in tongues. I wasn't feeling nothing. Then all of a sudden, I started just pushing back a little bit. And I started just saying some things, some spiritual things. And it's amazing. As soon as I said the word pride, I pushed back the spirit of pride. I pushed it back. I just began into that warrior tongue that you talked about. It was a breakthrough like I've never, like I haven't had in so long. 
A warrior tongue that knew as soon as I called it out, God in the spirit, the spirit that is in me, started pushing it back. And I feel breakthrough now. I'm feeling some breakthrough now. And I know that there's going to be some breakthroughs. If we can stand fast in the liberty where Christ has set us free, and we will not be entangled in a yoke of bondage. Yes, then God will, we will have revival in this place. We are going to see some people come to church. Yeah, a mask led me to a guy. It attracted him to me. I got a phone call last week. You know, this prayer and fasting, we're going to have some baptisms next month. We're having it. There's going to be baptisms here. We are going to have baptisms. It's already started. Last year at this time, we did prayer and fasting. Man, I was getting calls out of the blue. It's already happening. It's happened to Sister Wanda. She testified of some things that are happening. This month is serious. Get into some prayer and fasting. It is going to work. I've already got a text from a guy the other day who I thought never. I wouldn't even have reached out to him. I would have never thought about him. And he tells me, man, I'm just really trying to get a hold of some, something spiritual, trying to get in touch with my spiritual side. Well, you called the right guy because we, me and you, let's meet. Let's have some lunch. I know Jesus Christ. And then I just started telling him, Jesus Christ changed my life. Jesus Christ. I told the guy today, I said, man, that church that William goes to that he's been telling you about, it's for real. I laid my drugs on the altar and I've never touched him again. He's had drug issues. It's the real deal. This is the real deal. This is where the word of God is spoken. By men of God, and I'm not lifting them up. I'm just lifting their position up, and I'm lifting up what they are trying to do, and I respect them so much. Pastor, I've called him, and he has told me straightforward how it is. I called him crying one time, and he says, (laughs) I think it's probably hard for him. I don't know. Tell me. Was it hard? He says, well, you're kind of in the habit of doing that, aren't you? And I got mad. hurts but I don't have I don't have one friend in this world this is my best friend he's not we don't hang out all the time it's not you know like what I used to think of best friends but this guy tells me how it is let me just tell you one thing that I've got written down here as well if you've got something on your mind or you're doing something and you've thought, maybe I should go talk to pastor about that. Or you've thought, no, I'm not going to go talk to pastor about that. Because I already know he's going to tell me not to. Well, then you're in defiance. You already know that it's wrong. And if you don't know that it's wrong, then go talk to him about it. I'll tell you right now, he's not going to tell you straightforward, like, no. He's, I don't know. Actually, I'm not going to tell you what he's going to say or what he's not. He might call you out. He might stomp your pride down. He might shine a light into the darkness. The the time he told me that, and then pastor, after the conversation, I'm not going to get into the details of it, but I talked to him and I was crying and I made this decision and I came to him too late. I already made this decision. I thought it's over. Now I'm going to cry to pastor about it. And then he tells me, well, you're making a habit of that. You do that all the time. You've done this a few times. You come to me after, whatever. But I know that pastor prays about these things. I know. 
I know that he's a man of prayer and he's going to answer me the way that he's going to seek God before he gives me the answer. But he saved me from some destructive things because he said, what are you going to do now? He didn't say do it. He didn't, he's not a dictator. He's not dictating what I can or can't do. But he's going to give me, he's going to help me make some decisions that are going to keep me from destruction. Abraham didn't dictate nothing. Just let him. That's what I'm going to do. You take the, whatever piece of property you want, but we're good here. We can do this. Me and Chrissy just been going through a decision with our house. And we didn't come to pastor about it because we thought about it. And we were praying about it and we were struggling. And we could feel the carnality of some things that we were trying to choose. And we knew that last time I came to pastor, we talked to him about a job and what he did. Read a list, pros, cons. Now let's make a decision. You know, is this going to glorify God? Is this going to help the kingdom of God? Is this going to help your ministries? These kind of things. And we kind of felt like we knew <laughs> where he was going to go with it. We had already felt it from God. A lot of times you're going to feel it from God before you even go to pastor. And then if you don't go to him, it's probably because you're already in defiance. So we made the decision. We didn't come to him, but we kind of knew what he was going to walk us through. And we believe that we, you know, this book came in an amazing time. The book talks about, you know, where we're going to move. You know, Brother Darren, I, I came to Brother Darren. He's another good friend of mine. <laughs> Don't move there. <laughs> it's probably carnal. No, but we just felt that it wasn't going to glorify God. It wasn't going to help the kingdom of God. You know, where we're at right now, we're financially stable, whatever, you know. I think, I'm, I think I'm pretty much done here. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for our leaders, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, that I know, Lord Jesus, that you have spoken to someone in this room, Lord God. You, you remind me again and again, Lord Jesus. You remind me of when I am defiant, Lord God. You remind us, you shed a light, Lord God, into our lives, Lord God. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord God, just for commitment, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Jesus, for the people in this room, Lord God, who are just in that that, that spot in their lives where they're just committed, where they're just showing up, where they're just trying to break through, where they're just trying to push through. They know that they need to be here and they're pushing through and they're waiting for that revival, Lord God. I pray that you will continue to give them strength, Lord God, because the revival, Lord God, we know it's coming. We know, Lord Jesus, that there is baptisms coming, Lord God. I pray that you will renew and refresh and regenerate every spirit in this place, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you will be, bring submission into this place, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you will humble us. Help us to be humble, Lord God. Light up the pride in our lives, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much for what you are doing, Lord God. I thank you for lighting it up in my life. I thank you for breakthroughs, Lord God. And I thank you for breakthroughs that are going to happen, Lord Jesus, that, Lord Jesus, something great is coming. We know it is, Lord God. And we just want to be submissive to you, Lord God. We want to be submissive, submissive to the leaders that you have called, Lord God. 
the people that you have put in our lives to lead us, Lord Jesus. The church, Lord God. And the apostles' doctrine. We want to be in your truth, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we push back the stronghold of religion, Lord God. And Lord Jesus, we lift up, Lord God, all the people that are in your will, Lord God. We push back religion right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord God, in place of that, Lord Jesus, we just pray for truth. Lord God, there is so there is people out there that are seeking your truth, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, that they, Lord Jesus... Yes, Lord God, that you will give them strength, that you will give them direction, that you will show them where the truth is, Lord God. Yes, Lord God, that you will give them revelation of what the truth is, Lord God. If they are questioning certain things in your word, Lord God, if they are being tossed to and fro, Lord God, with wind of every wind of doctrine, Lord God, we pray that you will help them to have a revelation of your word, to be sanctified in your word, Lord Jesus. I praise you, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are awesome, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Amen. Come on, God's got an army. Praise God, he's enlisting. Amen, that's right now. Let's enlist in God's army. What do you say? Praise God. Let's be a part of the greatest thing that's ever happening on this side of heaven in Jesus' name. God's got your, he's personally inviting you and I, praise God, to move closer to him than we ever have in Jesus' name.